Introducing the Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited 5% back on everything you buy at Walmart online. It's the perfect card for all your family's hints this holiday season. Like 5% back on the air fryer Grandpa told you about when he fell asleep in his chair. He didn't fry anything. Or 5% back on the laptop your sister had carolers sing to you. Two turtledoves and a laptop for Carrie. The Capital One Walmart Rewards Card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One NA. Welcome to Midwest Mind Mail with your hosts, Josh and Jason. Hola, my Midwest comrades. I'm Josh. And I'm Jason. Jason, how you doing tonight, man? Oh, not too bad. Uh, had a pretty good day. Went to Omaha. Uh, bought a new toy, so can't wait to get that out and play. Um, how about your day? Oh, not too bad. I just found out that uh, we are now on four platforms, so yeah, I'm excited about for that. Us. Absolutely. That's very big news for us. Well, man, um, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I want to get right into it. We are going to uh, discuss rape culture today. And uh, I just want to know, what do you think when you hear the word or the phrase rape culture? you want a textbook definition or do you want to know? No, like... I, I just want to know what you think. So, I don't know. It's it's hard to, to define rape culture because there's so many different uh, ways to look at it. And people see it differently no matter where you're at. I guess the way that I see it is... Just anything that involves the word rape or anything that um, envelops the act of sexual assault. Um, where the culture part comes in, not too sure. Exactly. And th- that's the thing, because in, nobody seems to be very too sure, except maybe the, the radical people that tend to push the notion. But I'm going to read you what the definition of rape culture is according to the internet world. So... Rape culture, as defined by the internet, is a sociological concept in which rape is normalized through societal attitudes about gender and sexuality. For example, rape jokes, sexist jokes against women, objectifying women, a lack of outrage from society when there is a rape case involved, and um, offenders not being held accountable. These are all examples, and there's many, many more. So what do you think about that definition? I want to say it sounds pretty accurate, to be honest with you. Um, it's hard to believe that people would think to even today that we that we that rape culture is a thing, considering if you look at uh, you know TV shows, music, and anything that that involves media or entertainment. There's a lot of that kind of stuff just in what we watch. What do you mean that kind of stuff? So I mean, I'm not a big like uh, I don't I don't listen to a lot of new age hip hop. Okay, but um, recently. Uh, I started working with somebody who does, and I've really gotten to listen to a lot of uh, Cardi B's music, and uh, and a lot of it is very sexual oriented, very um, out there about you know performing sexual acts. So I can't really I, I, I can't really say I agree with rape culture because people the people that are also standing against us are also people that are supporting her. So how can you really do both and and still be offended by it? Absolutely. I mean, we, we were gonna, we are gonna touch on that later, but just for our viewers right now, because this topic is very sensitive to many people. I'm going to, I, I want to make this very crystal clear that we are not attacking rape victims in this session. Not we, at all. We are not um, criticizing anybody who's been through sexual assault. We are going to dissect this uh, social concept as two guys who, uh, Jason, I'm assuming you were never molested or, or raped growing up. Never. Me neither. So we have no idea what this looks like through a survivor's uh, eyes, but I just want to talk about, as a, a normal, everyday, law-abiding citizen, my perception on what rape culture is and how I've heard it used. That's all I want to talk about today. So I, I don't need a bunch of people messaging us, telling us that we are attacking uh, rape victims or anything like that because that is not true absolutely i uh totally agree with you josh um first of all any kind of sexual assault is a crime and should be treated as such um there's no there's nothing there's nothing right about it and anybody who participates in those kind of acts are probably the spawn of satan and again we're not we're not out there to attack anybody we're just taking a social concept and we're gonna we're gonna kind of break it down and dissect it a little bit and try and uh, make sense of it, I guess. Well, to get 
<clears throat> to get further into this subject, uh, I just want to point out that rape culture seems to focus more on oppression of women. But every now and then, somebody who is talking about rape culture will recognize male victims when, you know, mostly like in a prison setting, when we mm -hmm. talk about like prison rape and stuff. But it does seem to be more of an attack on men because when people usually talk about rape culture, they'll talk about toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's your take on toxic masculinity? Do you think toxic masculinity is a thing or do you think it is uh, kind of been exaggerated by feminists and social justice warriors? So, define toxic masculinity for our viewers. A, toxic, a, textbook, a textbook definition. A textbook definition I can't give you. We're going to have to look that up. But from my understanding, the way it's been used is a, a type of masculinity that gives men the impression that they uh, have to basically sear their emotions and act in a very you know tough, unbroken, almost John Wayne in a Western type way. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody's support. Okay. Into a way where it becomes toxic for men. And um, usually what comes from it is they start mistreating people who are around them. And ultimately it ends up killing them at some point. Well, to toxic masculinity is everywhere you look. And that's more defined by each person individually. Um, there's people that obviously like our ourselves... Um, I can't speak for everybody else, obviously, but ourselves, you know, we're not those kind of guys. I'm not, I'm not afraid to wear my emotions out on my, you know, on my shoulder. You know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched the dog's purpose. I cried three times. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I don't, I, it takes, it takes a real big person to admit that they need help or to admit that they might need somebody. And it's huge at that point for that person and, and it's leaps and bounds realistically for that individual to take to step up and say, "Look, I need some help. I'm I'm struggling, and I can't do this on my own." So that to toxic masculinity that that you talk about is very key when it's when we start looking at um, the way that it that it goes into rape culture. But yes, toxic masculinity itself is uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 out there, and I've seen it, and it's it, it's not good. Well, and I just don't know. Because obviously, when you look into society and we start looking at things like rape culture and toxic masculinity, we can see the symptoms. My problem is, is when people get these um, very shocking titles like rape culture, toxic masculinity, and they start slapping it on these symptoms. When I think the problem is much more complex than just, oh, we have a rape culture and we have a toxic masculinity problem. But sticking to rape culture... My criticism for the the so, for the societal concept of rape culture is, it's just in the end it's plain old fear mongering. It, it's uh, it, it's it's a it's a faceless enemy that can be applied to anything, and ultimately I don't think it is progressing our society when somebody comes out and accuses somebody of being part of rape culture. Now I have been accused over the internet of um, being a perpetrator of rape culture, and it. It kind of made me chuckle, but it's like if if I'm an if I'm a perpetrator of rape culture, then it must not exist because I am not a rapist, obviously, and I don't think you are either. No. So I don't. I, I just I think it's very dangerous when you start throwing around these titles because rape to me is a very serious term. It's a very serious crime. Absolutely. And so when somebody starts watering it down and calling somebody like me over the internet because we're having an argument about something that I'm perpetuating rape culture, then it's like, you know, call me sexist or call me whatever, but don't just throw the word rape culture around because you are making it lose its meaning. Absolutely. Um, and the textbook definition, like you said, you know, is, is nor is basically normalizing the, the idea of rape, which obviously should never happen, but accusing somebody of rape culture, I mean, you can, in that aspect, you can throw a label on, on people who cuss. You, you could throw a label on people who talk about fishing too much. I mean, realistically, that's basically what it is. I mean, people are going to make jokes. People are going to try and be funny. They're going to, you know, and, you know, we had an incident. We talked about it uh, at work this, you know, this past, uh, this uh, yesterday, actually, where somebody said, you know, use the term that, you know, use the term rape and it, it not in a derogatory manner, but just as a, as a, to, to describe, you know, the outcome of a game and realistically, I, we like we don't think about it when we use it because to us we know what it means but at the same time like you said you know we're not here to you know 
uh, shame victims or anything like that because we can't imagine what they've been through. And I can't imagine that those victims see things the same way that we do. And so as a society, we also need to stay conscious of that too, that there, that we don't know people if they've been sexually assaulted or raped or molested. And yes, uh, using it in, in, in the general public definitely shouldn't be done because all it's going to do is, is just spark that, that argument and, and that, that discussion that we don't want to have, you know? And like you said, fear mongering, absolutely people i mean they we're, we're getting into a society where where um females particularly um are kind of scared to go out anymore you know because they, they don't know what's going to happen you know we we, we we grow up in a very crime-filled society and as bad as that may seem um i don't think that rape occurs as often as as people want to make it sound i could be wrong though could be, but we could be wrong about all of this. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Well, I just you know when when who do you think of when who do you think actually goes around uh, spreading awareness, so to speak, about rape culture? Like what group comes to mind or groups? Realistically, I, I'm gonna throw uh, I'm gonna throw feminists out there. Yep. I really feel like they're they're out to get the man. You know, they're out they're out to to uh make make the man look bad you know us men in general not the man but men yeah. and which as you as you know our job is very is very labor intensive and we have two females that work with us now and they work just as hard as the men do so these 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 irate feminist people who feel like like men are, are privileged and things like that which we're not gonna get into that too far at all but it it, it doesn't exist and so again they're, they're throwing a term out there to try and maybe fit an agenda that they're trying to move, which we all know they are. Yeah. But I that's probably the biggest group, um, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, I've heard everyday people use the term. But yeah, the, the biggest ones that you're going to see on blogs are usually coming from hardcore, very left-leaning social justice warriors or, you know, very hardcore feminists. And when when these people talk about rape culture, again, they're trying to include both men and women, you know, who have been victims of rape. But in the end, it always does sound like an attack on men in general when you're talking about rape culture. Now, again, here's another criticism that I have about rape culture. Rape culture, without even knowing about it, when you use it, you almost give the perpetrator of a, a rape case a, an outlet because... If, if we do live in a rape culture, then this rapist had no other alternative but to rape because he was encouraged by his society. So, without even knowing about it, you are providing an excuse for this rapist. And that's not your intention, but that's what's happening. That's the outcome. And that's why I do not think we live in a rape culture, because the way that I grew up and the household that I grew up in, I was never specifically sat down and told, you don't rape anybody josh but i was always told to respect people's property and respect others treat others the way that i want to be treated and mm -hmm. i didn't always follow these things but i was always told these things and so it kind of came without saying that if a woman didn't want to have uh, sexual relations with me then that just <laughs> then that was common sense. You T just, tough crap, right? Yeah, it just it is what it is. You, you you walk away and you move on. You move on, and you know you you swing and you miss. It happens. But you know if if we lived in a rape culture, then I would be told, oh no, you need to go chase her down, and and you know you you do what you have to. And it's like I don't feel like I've been encouraged by society to do such a thing. I don't feel like anybody has at all. I mean, you shared that. Uh... That that article from Marshall University, which was kind of, which was an interesting read actually, but one of the things that that they listed on there, as you had discussed with me, was uh, the uh, the one concept of teach men not to rape. Well, at the end of the day, you can't teach somebody who's our age to not do something because they've already been set in their ways. I mean, yes, it should be common knowledge. You don't pin a girl down and have your way with her. That's not how it works. But there's guys that can't that don't know any better and whether it's a mental issue or a mental health issue, excuse me, but you know, we don't know that. But like you said, it, we're not brought up to say, well, like you said, if she, if she says, no, you do what you got to do. No, it, none of us were raised that way, especially in the Midwest, especially, but 
and and I feel like our society in general despises rapists. You know, when, when we find out that somebody's a rapist, we do not encourage them. We don't make excuses for them. Absolutely. We do not um, say, oh, it was the victim's fault, like people who uh, try to spread awareness about rape culture say that we do. When we find out that somebody indefinitely rapes somebody, we not only prosecute them. I mean, that person's lucky if the law gets to them before citizens. Exactly, because, I mean, there was a there was a case, God, years ago, where a... Uh, where a Texas father shot and killed the the man that raped his daughter, and the you know the judge didn't didn't send him to prison for that because like you said, as a society we know it's wrong, and and like you said, if you know, Lord have mercy, if he gets caught by the police before citizens catch him, because who knows what could happen. Exactly. So, and I believe if if we did live. In a culture that was uh, perpetuating rape or encouraging it, that wouldn't be the case. I mean, this is an individual-to-individual morality stance. But uh, if you have to tell a man that rape is wrong, then you've you've already passed the point of no return. This guy has passed the point of no return. You've kind of already lost the battle, essentially. And we can all agree most of this stuff starts at home. Your morals, what you choose to follow, what kind of uh, citizen you're going to be. A lot of it starts in your early childhood, how you were raised. And most rape cases that take place in the house, most of the time it takes place in a house where there was no father or the father was uh, just a a bad father. Like he was a drunk or he was absent. Mm -hmm. And every now and then, uh, even more heartbreaking, sometimes it is the dad that is doing the the sexual assault. And that uh, I couldn't imagine. Because I don't know about you, but I grew up in a house with a very strong male figure. My dad, because of who my dad was, I didn't have to ever worry about a creepy uncle or a a creepy uh, family relative because they knew that they would have to answer to my dad. Yep. And because of who my dad was, my dad was a law-abiding citizen. He uh, never, he's never been in trouble with the law in any serious manner. And so when people said, you know, you're Dan Young's kid, that carried weight because mm-hmm. they knew that I, I lived in the same house as my father. And I recognize that a lot of people do not have that. They yeah. do not have a strong father figure, and I feel like it makes it easier for predators to move in on them. Okay, can I, can I throw something at you real quick? You definitely throw. So, so would you, could you say that in a certain aspect that households having two incomes now to survive – being both the parents being gone whether together whether at the same time or at, in separate shifts do you think that that contributes to maybe some of that bad upbringing it definitely does not help okay so that's kind of where, where what i where my mindset was at when you were talking about that because i know like when i was growing up um as we discussed uh on a previous episode um we uh my grandfather lived with us we took care of him for a while so my mom didn't work my dad was self-employed and so I always had somebody around, but my dad, I spent a lot of time at his business learning and working and doing things like that. So I was always around, you know, his, his like-minded individual like he was. And, and so that, that stands for a lot of my upbringing and the, and why I see things the way I do and why I, I felt like I, like I grew up at a really young age because I didn't, I would go to halo parties and I would literally have discussions with my friend's parents rather than them because I was on that level at the, at such a young age because I had that upbringing. But getting back to rape culture in itself, um, I, I definitely don't think that shows like Family Guy, if you've ever seen the show Big Mouth, um, shows like that. Not I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love them. They're, you know, they're funny shows, whatever, but um, shows like that to a young mind 100% does not help but put a bad influence and bad ideas into somebody's head. Yeah, and that's the thing. We can look at our society and we see a million problems. We see a lot of bad influences. You were talking earlier about Cardi B and her her music, and I I just don't understand because these feminists will attack anything, like, like what you and me are talking about right now. A feminist would probably be pulling her hair out or, and, you know, emailing us very a- angrily because we are talking about a subject that she feels that we have no business talking about. But she will purposely ignore the fact that um, Cardi B is out there sexualizing herself. And most women that I've ever met 
are not near as you know openly sexual as Cardi B is. You know they don't have the platform, well, or, or they don't have the confidence. Not every woman's like that. Well, let me stop you there for a minute. But let's go back to uh, way back or like mid two thousands. So Eminem put out a song. It's called "Stay Wide Awake," and I believe it was on his Relapse album, if I remember correctly. Um, and the whole song is about, and this is a guy singing about the whole song is about how he rapes this girl and kills her. And that's the whole song is how he starts, how he gets there, what he's doing, and then how he finishes the job. And so that in itself already promotes, you know, those bad habits. So if you were listening to Eminem back when you were in middle school, high school, by the time you're 20 years old, I mean, this is stuff that's been ingrained in your head. Now, whether or not you have the, the values or the morals to not do it, it, like you said, it, it depends on your upbringing. Mm-hmm. I was not allowed to listen to rap as, as when I was in, when I lived in my parents' house. They did not allow it, you know. And as I got older, I understood why. But now I listen to uh, I listen to a lot of rap and and whatnot, and I, it, it is what it is. But um, like you said, it all comes back. A lot of it comes back to that original upbringing that you have. Yeah. And uh, my last criticism of the concept of rape culture that I want to ask you about is, you know, when one of these cases are, are brought is brought to the table and we hear about it on social media, when a woman is raped by a man, we we always hear about victim blaming. You've heard this term. Mm-hmm. Uh, victim blaming. So, what my criticism is, is that usually there's a bunch of people that, that come to the conclusion that we cannot make excuses for the perpetrator. Like you know, we, we cannot criticize the the woman for dressing uh, inappropriately or hanging out in a bad setting because, in the end, we can't. We don't want to teach women to prevent rape. We want to teach men to not rape. And in a perfect world, that that is ideal. We should be teaching men not to rape. Absolutely. And, and, and women should be able to walk around the street and into any club wearing whatever they want and not have to worry about that. But this is reality. And getting back to reality, my criticism of rape culture is that it doesn't allow for any sound advice because any advice that is offered to the victim or to a woman who hasn't even been a victim yet, you know, uh, hey, you know, honey, be careful who, who you're hanging out with at the bar, you know, be careful when you go to the bar is looked at as victim blaming. Well, I shouldn't have to worry about where I go or what I'm or how I'm dressed because men shouldn't be raping, you know. And again, in a perfect world, this is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. But in a perfect world too, I would be able to walk around North Omaha with all my cash out, you know, with 30 grand um, counting it in my hands. Now and, and not get shot. And, and not get robbed or mugged or whatever, but in the end, it's not a good idea. It's it's not a good idea. And so the people that spread awareness about rape culture, they disregard any sound advice because they disregard it as victim blaming. And I don't see, I grew up on sound advice. I was always taught an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm -hmm. So I do not think it's smart to try and re-educate society to protect women. I fully believe that women should exercise their Second Amendment right and you know learn basic self-defense and that is the best way how you can fight off a rapist if you don't want to do that then yes you are at the mercy of the police or other citizens uh mostly men to prevent you um from getting sexually assaulted in public or getting in you know getting out of a sticky situation you are depending on these people i don't know about you jason but i I I don't hate my fellow citizens, but I do not want to depend on them for my safety. No, absolutely, uh, and you're 100 percent correct. Um, and the thing is, is like girl is like is like is like is like females should not have to rely on self defense to go out and have a good time, and and that's and and that's where that that you know that victim blaming comes into play. But at the same time, you never know who you're going to cross. I mean, we live in a small town, and I've crossed some sketchy people going to the bar. And that's why, like, I always try and tell people, like, no matter how old you are, whether whether you're a friend, whether you work with me, whoever you are, if you're like, hey, yeah, I'm going out, I'm going out tonight, make sure you take a friend. Oh, in 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 ladies, I can't stress this enough. Always go on a date in a public setting, some somewhere that's that's gonna have a lot of witnesses because it's gonna prevent that. But did you also know? Um, this is kind of a, a different subject, but there there's a statistic 
if a rapist can't get your clothes off, I think it's in like somewhere around like 30 or 40 seconds, they give up. So yes, females should not be scared to go out and wear skirts and dresses and look pretty. But at the same time, that's always something to keep in mind when you, you know, do some re some, some recon on the location you're going to be going to with your friends, find out what kind of area it is. And, and that's just something that, that we can do as a society to help prevent this stuff. But to the men out there, if you see somebody at a bar that just won't leave a girl alone, step up and do something about it. Whether you have a girlfriend or not, at the end of the day, you could possibly save that person's life. You don't know this. And it, when, when in the military, we're trained the same way. We're trained on how to pick up on certain social clues, on how to, um, how to prevent that kind of stuff and, and read and read it. And, and I'm sure like, okay, so when you talked to, when, when you were in corrections, I remember one of the biggest things that was told to us, don't wear cologne when you go to work. Oh, I broke that rule all the time. And <laughs> I, I think it was more for the females than it was the males, but I, but I was also trained in a, in a, in a facility that was all males. Mm -hmm. They didn't have females. And so it was more of a, a thing for the females, but like they said, you never know because that inmate could possibly, you know, be like, man, this smells good. And you never know. Yeah. You, you, you know, were, you were always taught not, not to cause extra attention and stick out, especially if you were a female. Exactly. And so, I mean, the biggest, the biggest word of it, the biggest piece of advice here to, to help reduce the amount of rape just in general would be just girls travel in packs. You guys are really good at that. I mean, a hundred percent. But we do need to get away from victim blaming, and we do need to get in listening to sound advice. I don't care who it comes from. If it's if it's if you know it's sound advice, take it because somebody's willing to take the time out of their day to give you that little bit of advice. That means they care about you, and they don't want anything to happen to you, even if they're just your friend. It's mm. you're important to them. And if you're not willing to take sound advice, then I, there's nothing that can help you. You're you're on your own. But I mean. And I do think, as a society, for the most part, we have gotten away from victim blaming. We don't charge victims. No. As a matter of fact, somebody can make a false rape allegation and walk away free, even after it's been proven to be false. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I don't think that this is this is where I disagree that we live in a rape culture. When you have people on the internet who are commenting very in, commenting very insensitive things on articles, that's just, unfortunately, that is one of the ugly sides of our culture now. People do that. This is they the are side insensitive. of humanity in general. Exactly. If, if there's a guy who sits around on his computer all day in, in his Boston apartment, what what does he care if somebody, in, if a woman in Florida gets gets raped viciously or is date raped? Uh, what does he care? You know, he just wants to troll. He wants to stir the pot. He wants to see what kind you're, of reaction he's going to get out of people. You're never going to get a guy like that to give a shit about your case. No, so you're fighting all. a losing battle. Yep. And I just find it ridiculous. Now, I do want to move on to some things that I recognize and that I actually, um, that I, I can believe from, okay. from people. Who, Absolutely. Who uh, sp spread awareness about rape culture? That's a, that's another thing I want to put out to listeners too. Um, throughout these podcasts, these sensitive talks, we're gonna we're gonna look at it from both angles and kind of give you guys uh, both sides of the perspective here. So um, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, the the things that I can recognize um, that I agree with that come from people who talk about rape culture is women are undoubtedly objectified in our society. Oh, absolutely. And through the media, through music, through entertainment, women are 100%. So, um, to caveat on that, um, I, I, I saw this documentary on Hulu today, actually. I kind of I started watching it. I didn't finish it. But it's about how sexting became a thing. And I feel... And, and sexting objectifies women 100% of the... You know, but... In a certain in a certain light, mm -hmm. but it doesn't help the situation. Yes, women are objective are are objectified all over the internet, and I mean, it's just it's it's crazy to think of how common it is. You're you're absolutely correct. Not to cut you off, but no, you're fine. And the, the thing is, when we talk about women being objectified, it's always assumed almost through the lens of feminist theory. 
It's always assumed that it's men objectifying women, which most of the time it is. You can't really even argue that. However, in modern times, it seems like a lot of women are are sexualizing themselves. And they almost kind of want to walk the line of, I want to be as sexual as I can be without the threat of being sexually assaulted. And again, in a perfect world, you absolutely should be able to do that. You should be able to be as sexual as you want without having to worry about some dirty dude putting his hands on you. But again, this is reality. We cannot cannot re-educate these screwed up men to not go out and sexually assault women. Either they know not to do it or they don't. If in 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 good proof of this is get on Instagram and just look up look up fitness models. These aren't even like models. These are fitness models. People females that work out, okay? And start and start scrolling through some of the comments on their pictures and and look at what's being said. So yes, women are objectified way more than we see. Not not it used to be a verbal thing, you know, the cat calls when you're walking down the street, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you know, the the typical That constru- still goes on. Yeah, the, the typical construction worker, he's like, Ooh, baby, what up? you know, hey, call me, you know, like like she's driving down the street, like what's she gonna do? Get out of the cabin and come running back to him to get his number? No. But it's it's becoming in a digital age, it's becoming a lot more and they talked about this in this documentary about how you're you have that protection of a glass screen in front of you. So this person doesn't really know who you are. And mm-hmm. so it it makes it more uh, it actually makes it more creepy, believe it or not. Yeah. But like, realistically, guys, go go out there and just just randomly just look look for for a fitness model if you don't follow any already, and, and start scrolling through those comments and, and start seeing what kind of dirt bags are talking to these women that they don't even know and 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 talk. You know, I, I had a buddy who who his biggest thing was like he never he never had the need to to force himself onto women because women were naturally drawn to him, but. He learned how to be fluent with his words, and that's how he picked women up. He he sounded educated. Not that he wasn't, but the way that he was very articulate and the way that he talked made him more smooth than he already was. Hmm. And it was and so so that's the difference between objectifying women and actually you you know being smart about it. But I no, mean, you're definitely not incorrect. And another thing that I can recognize with um rape culture is you know when like the christine blaisley ford incident came up with uh kavanaugh late last year uh, there was a lot of people who were saying well why didn't you report it what why didn't you report it and i've heard this a lot in many other sexual assault cases now the christine blaisley ford blaisley ford whatever her name is I, I don't buy it. I thought it was a political stunt. I thought she was completely full of shit. But going back to a, a person who has been um, sexually assaulted, r- reporting that type of incident to the police, I would believe, is not easy at all. No. Because the police do not approach things like a counselor. They are not very sensitive. You know, They're about solving crimes, so they're going to ask you some very straight-up questions, and they want some very straight-up answers. And if you just... I Again, I've never been sexually assaulted, but I have um, been in a lot of situations that have got my adrenaline up, that have you know really made me feel you know I, I might have died. And so having to relive... That mm-hmm. is not an easy thing, especially talking about it to a stranger. You know, when you report to the police, um, in a perfect world, you should be reporting to a very organized um, group of individuals who are out there to help you. You are reporting it to the authorities, but in real life, you are get in, in real in reality, you're getting strangers involved in your very personal business. So I can definitely see why a lot of women do not report their rapes. No, hundred percent, and. Uh... And we discussed that in, in the military as well, um, just from that side of it, because they're really they're really big on the sexual assault and and uh, harassment prevention in the military. But um, you know, like they said, you know, it it you you can always go to a friend, and if you're not comfortable reporting that, you you can tell your friend, hey, I I need somebody to know this, and your friend can do that. Yes, and the thing is, is hundred percent agree with you, Josh. Police officers and these people. Listen, if, 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 if you're on a rape case or you, you respond to a rape situation, don't have four officers go and interview the same person. You need one officer, preferably the same gender as the victim, because they're going to feel more comfortable talking to the same gender. Um, 
you have that person, that single person interview that person. Because every time that this person talks about this horrific event, they're just reliving it. And I can't imagine that that's not much different than coming back from war with PTSD. Right. Um, you know, it, it is different. But it's, you know, the same type of chemistry in your brain. When you go through something very, very, you know, up close and personal, like an attack or um, I would even imagine a sexual assault, you know, your life can be changed forever. And so in in those first, you know, months that you're recovering, it's not going to be very easy to talk about it. So I understand that completely. So when I hear people talk about, well, why didn't they report it? I mean, I get it. I get mm-hmm. why they didn't report it. I uh, I had a buddy who was uh who was molested as a kid, and it was kind of it was kind of strange how he uh, he told me, because um, he couldn't actually tell me face to face. He actually had to type it out in his phone for me to read it because of how it made him feel. And that was and, and that's a perfect example of that was. You know, people don't want to relive that. And um, so, yes, it's huge that they have somebody that they can go to. And, yes, it makes a lot of sense why a lot of people don't report sexual assault or rape. Um, Another point that I can agree on with uh, people who talk about rape culture is, uh, you know, you do need to teach your boys responsibility you need to teach them that this stuff is not okay and you need to teach them young but again i I was never sat down as a young boy and told you know josh you should not be sexually assaulting women in any capacity but i was told many times over and over again to respect other people respect their privacy respect their uh, respect their items don't take anything that's not yours you know, I respect people's time. And so it went without saying that uh, sexual assault and rape was just never on my agenda. I was always, I, my, my dad was always a big, uh, a big person of, you never put your hands on a woman. Ever. You don't put your hands on anybody. You know, we, we well, live in a society of white knights that are always talking about, oh, you, you should never hit women and you should never do this. You don't put your hands on anybody unless they are deserving of it. And deserving of it means strong violence or they are being very reckless or whatever, you know. Every now and then somebody, you know, somebody's comments, I don't agree with, you know, hitting everybody who is talking shit. But every now and then a good attitude adjustment is in line for somebody. Whether whether they're male or female. But yeah, you don't put your hands on anybody. And if you do, you should expect to to have hands put on you. Exactly, 100%. and... And, and, And here's the other thing. As a, if we're going to talk about rape culture and we're going to be more sensitive to um, sexual assault victims, we need to be more sensitive towards uh, the male victims because I feel out of this whole process, they're the ones that get ignored the most. Yeah, and, and males do get raped. It's A lot of people think like, oh, you can't rape a man. Um, you're very wrong. L- uh, l- let me put this to you this way, and I actually learned this when I was in prison. Uh, as a correctional officer from another <laughs> correctional officer but we, we were talking about uh, child molesters and you know why they're so hated by inmates and he kind of put the idea in my head that I never really thought about but like the inmates that that are inmates that hate child molesters they really target the ones where the victim was under the age of 12. A lot of these guys don't really care about a guy who got um, charged because he had sex with a 16-year-old. Because a lot of inmates, I mean, a lot of dudes understand that. They're like, shit, you know, she's 16, 17 years old. Like, I get it. But, yeah, but, but I mean, a victim, it doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't make it right, but uh, th- they get it. Yeah. But the ones that they take really personal are usually the the, the children, um, yep. are usually the guys who raped uh, a young boy. And he kind of put, this other correctional officer kind of put this idea in my head that because a lot of inmates were probably uh, molested or sexually assaulted when they were younger, and they never reported it. They they never actually got. Uh, they they never had the opportunity, or they never felt comfortable enough to actually report it. But when you think about it, uh, most of those guys do come from a fatherless household. Their moms, a lot of the times, were very irresponsible. Brought a lot of men around, so it made a lot of sense why they have such a deep hatred for child molesters. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I've never, like I said, I just have the one buddy that was, that was a victim of that. But, um, even now I, it's, 
and and the thing is is a lot of these kids and 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 we're gonna go we're, we're gonna step down to kids now because kids don't know where to go they don't have that outlet they don't have that 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 guidance to say hey if you know if this is happening you know you you need to tell somebody because honestly we don't really think about it we like in school we were never told hey if your parents are ever touching you in a naughty way you need to tell somebody like because honestly it's a subject nobody wants to hear about but it's a subject that needs to be addressed well and and it is getting addressed i just think our society and I think these social justice groups and feminists, they do a very poor job of addressing it. They think they're doing a good job, but ultimately they're doing a very poor job. Me Too was supposedly the time where everything got put on the table and and this was going to be a new era for sexual assault victims. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, a lot of us saw the bullshit with Me Too. And unfortunately, I thought it, it used a lot of sexual assault survivors to give them this false pedestal or this false platform, like, hey, we got your back, but ultimately it was just a political stunt to yeah. get a lot of guys out of power, and uh, you know, so and I don't, I don't think it progressed our society in any way. No, really and in the in the Me Too movement in itself, the the concept was a great concept. It was a really good concept. Finally, getting all this out on the table, addressing the issues, things like that. But it's the way that the advocates went about it that made it basically fall off the map. It was really prevalent for about three to four months, maybe six at the most. And then all, and then after the Kavanaugh situation, it kind of died down. And that's where the advocates, like you said, political stunt to get men out of power. Well, yes. Now we're not saying that they weren't victims of sexual assault in that time, but the problem is there's no way to prove that now. No, there's not. And so, you know, you got to take your best judgment at that point. And, um, that's why, like, like it's so imperative that, you know, these, these, these victims come forward and they talk about this, you know, even if it's just to a friend, because that friend can document that they can say, Hey, look, this did happen. And whether or not it gets reported is up to that victim, but at least there's a witness to say, yeah, she did. She did call me. This did happen. And that way, you know, you got to have some kind of a trail, right? You got to have something, but I hands down think that it was the Kavanaugh situation that killed me too. No, I, I I think agree. the public saw firsthand how that this movement went way too far, and it was no longer about giving justice to sexual assault victims as it was as a political assassination and mob rule, mm-hmm. and that's where it messed up. And and it's too bad because I I I'm always cheering for the underdog. I'm always looking to empower my fellow human beings for the most part, and especially victims, people yep. who uh, have been through a lot. But these movements are not the way to do it. No, and the, the the best way to do it is, honestly, if if you if as a female talking to anybody out there right now who's listening to this that has gone through that situation, if you didn't report it, that means that there's a possibility that somebody else was was a victim to the same person. And I I get that it's hard. I I can't I can't feel what you what you have felt going through this, and I and I really wish I could, but. If you if you report it, you're going to get that person off the street and save another female from going through that. So be an advocate in that way. You know, go out there, you know, support these these other rape victims or these victims of sexual assault, but report that stuff so we can get those guys off the street. That that's that's the only way that we're going to that we're going to corner this because the more and more that this starts coming out in this situation, the more and more these guys are going to be like, "Man, I you know what? They they I I'm not going to get away with this." And it's kind of like when we talk about, you know, uh, mass shooters. Yep. You know, you start shooting back, guess what? They're going to start thinking twice before they walk into a building because they're going to be like, man, there could be five guys and they're armed. Like, we, we got to fight back with with putting these people away and getting them off the streets and, and kind of putting putting a, their own medicine, using their own medicine against them. Yep. You will never rid the world of violence or violent men. Never. You will never rid the world of rapists or, or uh, men who go out there and rape. Um, yes, I think it goes without saying that most rapists, by far, I mean, I would say it's in the 90% are men. Now, oh, yeah. Now, increasingly, we have heard about more women preying on, on children, but we can talk about that in another Wait, wait, recording. are you talking about the teachers? Well, the teachers, teachers that have been 
been reported? Oh, yeah. I, I, that's definitely the big one. It's actually become a joke that if, if a man wants to molest a child, he becomes a priest. If a female wants to molest a child, she becomes a teacher. Yeah, so that that would be what, what people would, would list as rape culture. But, but we are going to talk about that in a completely different one because, to me, that falls more into pedophilia. And Absolutely. It's statutory yep. rape. But um, just to stay on topic, I forget where I was even going with this. But um, the point is, is that you will never rid the world of very violent and, and bad men. Most of society's problems, unfortunately, do come from men who were raised very poorly or just e- evil men. But the solution to these evil men, unfortunately, is is other men. You have to depend on good men to fight these these guys because yep. I, I recognize there's a lot of strong women out there. There's women out there who can who who are better marksmen than me, and you know they might be able to run faster than me. But at the end of the day, you need a good man's strength yep. to so, to fight off this evil. So to put you back on topic, you were talking about how ninety percent of rapists are men. Oh yeah, yeah. Even even most uh, male victims who have been I mean well just about all of the male victims who have been raped. It was done by another man. So these are things we cannot deny the fact that um, that uh, men are mostly the perpetrators. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's let's take it back a minute though. Um, something you know you don't learn in history class in school. Um, Christopher Columbus back in was it sixteen, sixteen eighty, sixteen whatever year that was that he that he sailed the ocean to come to was America. It like fourteen something. No, I think it was... Was, was it 16? I don't remember. Was We're going to look it up because we sound really stupid right now. I'm sorry, guys, but school was a long time ago. Yeah, it like. really has. But anyways, uh, something that wasn't reported was, or that, that you don't learn in school because obviously we don't talk about the subject in school, was that Christopher Columbus did pillage and rape Native Americans. So rape dates all the way back to when, before the colonies were even formed. Well, how do you think you got the whole Latino culture? I mean, a lot of it. I mean, not talking about Latinos at all, but that's how um, Latinos were. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the Spaniards did a lot of that. Yep. And when, and when you go to Mexico, you'll see all sorts of different shades of Mexicans. You got light skinned ones, you got really dark skinned ones. Yep. And you know, well, uh, that that came from the Spaniards, the conquistadors, when they when they went and invaded uh, the Mayans. Oh yeah, and not not all of it. Yeah, w- but... what was rape? But the thing is, um, yeah, uh, rape is, has been around as long as human beings have been so, uh, alive. So just ca- to caveat on the fact that Josh said, you will never rid the world of violence. It's been around for centuries. It's been around for a long time. And the fact that we live in the digital age now has definitely exposed a lot of this to more people. But I just don't think you're empowering victims the way that you want to because i still think at the end of the day victims are still feeling isolated and alone and me too and these movements and calling things rape culture is not the way to empower them no absolutely not i mean you got uh, the the best way to empower it like again like again like i said is just just be an advocate be an advocate for those people that have gone through this and we yeah we can we can try and rid the world as many of uh, rid the world of as many of these these evil predators as as we can and um realistically i use predators a lot of people use predators when they refer to pedophilism but i feel like anybody who's out to hurt somebody is a predator yes and human beings definitely there's a good portion of our of our uh, people no matter what race no matter what society there's always predators always people out there looking to prey on people whether it's for money sex or what whatever but um sound advice staying vigilant is definitely uh the best advice that i can give people but people don't want to do that just like when we talked about the mass shootings people want to be able to be as comfortable as uh as free mm-hmm. as they can be without any responsibility uh, of danger you know basically any responsibility of staying vigilant that they want to be comfortable and, and that's what i get when people talk or that's what comes across to me when people start talking about victim blaming and all that like well you shouldn't be telling her not to dress that way because that's victim blaming it's good advice like i said in a perfect world you should a woman would be able to dress however she wants would never have to worry about yep um the guys putting their hands on her in any way or trying to drug her 
but we don't live in a perfect world and you and unfortunately in this world you cannot make it the government cannot make it policies can't make it even your fellow citizens cannot make it to the point where you can just be as comfortable as you want without being vigilant. You need to stay vigilant. I, I, I constantly stress the fact of situational awareness to people. And we talked about it in, in our mass shooting episode about um, people constantly walking with headphones in their ears. That, I mean, go back 10 years ago, you know, 10, 12 years ago, that wasn't a thing. You know, people didn't walk around with headphones on all the time. No. Nope. I mean, because if you did, your discman would skip, right? Yep. <laughs> but um, we're so we're so used to have like... So zoning out and being our own person, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when you have music blaring in your ears 100% of the time, you're never going to know when somebody's trying to talk to you, flag you down, try and stop you, you know, anything like that. But not only that, not not just having music in your phone, but walking and staring at your phone the entire time. Yeah. Like, like look around, you know, especially especially if, if you're out at night and, and you're in a in a dark, dark part of town or, or not necessarily a good part of town, but... Don't don't walk being on your phone. Make sure you know who's around you. Make sure you're watching people around you. I go and like I said, any anytime I go anywhere, whether it's daytime or nighttime or no matter where I'm at, I'm constantly looking around because I want to know who's around me, what they look like, just in case something does happen, I have some kind of recollection as to what was going on around me. Because that's the worst thing when you when you get interviewed by a cop or a police officer or a detective to get details as a witness and you can't tell them anything. Because you didn't, um, you weren't vigilant and you weren't, you didn't have that situational awareness. However, a caveat onto that, if I can, is the ability of people, the ability to whip out your phone really fast and take a video. That has helped a lot, but it's not going to stop it. No, you're you're not going to stop it. The game has changed. The game has changed big time when it comes to attacks, when it comes to sexual assault, when it comes to anything, but it's never gone away, and it's never going away. So when you're when you're out in public, you're always taking a risk. And um, one thing that I've that I've kind of come to realize is that you know women are definitely more vulnerable to attacks and stuff, just because most of the time they're smaller, they're not near as strong. I mean, so I've I've kind of come to realize that as I'm older that, you know, when I'm out in public, I'm still pretty vigilant and I'm still looking for an attack. I'm not really looking um, for uh, somebody to try to sexually assault me. I, I might actually be flattered if somebody tried to, just for the <laughs> fact that I'm not used to that. Right. But, you know, I, I have seen it definitely at bars where women are getting all sorts of unwanted attention from these really just messed up dudes. And it's like, man, I I, I feel for, for that because that that's annoying. And most of the time, it doesn't progress any further. So exactly. there's no need to. There was no need for me to ever step in at these times. Yep. But um, yeah, so like I, I guess I, I get that part of it. The the other thing I want to talk about is um, oh, just I, I want to focus more on on women's role in this whole uh, concept. Okay. And that is that um, uh, when I read a lot of these blogs about rape culture and stuff, it always talks about women in general as the whole population of women are scared that they're very scared of being raped. But then I look at a lot of entertainers like Ariana Grande. I look at entertainers like uh, Cardi B and, and Nicki Minaj. And, and these women are very sexual. They have a lot of songs where they're talking a lot about sex. And, like, you would never get the impression that these women are uh, scared of being raped. And then even when I go downtown, I see a lot of uh, girls who are very sexual. They're dancing in a very provocative, very sexual way. And they just don't give off the persona that they're very scared. But I have met a lot of women who, you know, I would call bookworms or shut-ins. And, and they don't go out often. Mm-hmm. And they don't dress provocatively. And it's like I just see a polar opposite in the female population. And I don't think one part of the female population is helping the other in this respect. How so? Because when you got uh, when you got a bunch of female artists talking all about sex and sexual stuff... And then you get a bunch of women who really aren't comfortable talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of those women feel like, well, men look to these women as as sexual objects, even though they never asked for this attention, because the first uh, set of females have kind of set the standard. Or a lot of these women will say that a lot of men will look at them as prudes and disregard them because they're not putting out um, enough sexual energy as the Nicki Minaj's or Ariana Grande's, you know. So I I think that it's not just men who, if there is a rape culture, it's not just men who are um, 
perpetrating it it's a lot of women as well yeah so it's not just we need to fix our men we need to fix our people we yeah, need to we need fix, fix we need and honestly i don't see it happening i really don't all you can do is take care of yourself and your household the best you can it was funny i was i was listening to uh tim rexius's now or never podcast mm-hmm. um and he, in one of his episodes he talks about um how um the 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 children not our generation but the generation below us how they've grown up with with the digital age and how bullying you know he talks about more more of the bullying side of it but how because they've grown up with it and they don't want and they don't want it they're going to be the ones that fix this we may not see it in our lifetime but if anybody's going to fix it it's going to be that generation after us and i don't think they will honestly i don't think they're going to they won't fix it 100% but they can def, they, they will definitely find a way to mitigate more of it now they're going to find a way how to change the game and that's it you think so? That I, I believe that full-heartedly. I don't think they will be equipped to know how to fix it. I really don't. And and it's and it's crazy because like when you think about how technology advances and how um, things just in general how how fast they grow, a predator's uh, tactics are going to change too, especially based on you know if he if he's down a hundred percent to do this. He's thought this through multiple times on how he's going to do it, where he's going to do it, who he's going to do it to. And that's kind of one of those things where it's like as technology advances, as um, the evidence, the way to collect evidence and all that advances, they're going to find ways to get away with it. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to report it so that you can get these guys off the streets. Yeah. But again, I understand why somebody doesn't want to talk to the police. Absolutely. And it's. And the biggest thing that we that we can remember for all of us is if you do know a victim of rape or somebody comes to you with the the experience or the tragedy that just occurred, you have to be sensitive to them. You know, you don't want to peg them for a lot of questions. You don't want to sit there and, and, and needle poke them and, and try and get all the information you can. You just need to console that person because they literally just had the most traumatizing, probably the most traumatizing event of their life. And at this point, they don't even know what they're going to do. They don't even know what their next move is. And so just as as general human beings, we need to be sensitive to that if somebody comes to you with that claim. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just don't think people are very good when it comes to dealing with uh, trauma. There's a few individuals out there who are good at being counselor, but if, if you're expecting a bunch of sympathy from society, no matter how bad the situation is, it's just you're not going to get it. You are looking in vain. And honestly, again, it's not society's responsibility to uh, be sympathetic towards you. It, it, in a perfect world, that would happen. Yeah, but there's people that are that are 100%. You know, they're gonna. They're, there's always gonna be victim blaming. But if the we can try and get away from this term of rape culture, and and just look at it as as just a traumatizing event that happened. And we need to get away from trying to demonize our entire society and demonize the rapist because at the end of the day it is all on the rapist it is not society's fault no matter how much we've talked about media and other entertainers and all of that these are just small contributing factors these are not things that we blame because at the end of the day it's always on the rapist and we need to hold them accountable 100 percent, and it's it's going to come down to us as individuals and and us as as people is to do that and trying to label our entire society a rape culture is not the way to do that no that is counterproductive well in using the term rape culture because somebody might have made a joke or somebody might have you know used the term in you know in in a joking manner or just in a in a non-derogatory manner i guess um that that's not going to fix anything because it's always going to be used and yes i have noticed as um as as uh, the the generations have progressed, we have moved away from using the term raped. I know when I was in high school a lot, we'd be playing Halo and be like, "Man, we got freaking raped that round." Yeah. That was a huge. That was hands down was a huge phrase that we used all the time. But I've I haven't heard that get. I haven't heard that phrase used in a long time. And and it's more of like, "Man, we got pwned or we got smashed or we got you know absolutely annihilated." Yeah. Like we need to get away from using the term as much as we can. You know. And so that that in itself will help kind of 
bring this down, but but we need to get get away from the whole concept of rape culture because it doesn't exist. No, it it doesn't. Um, if and if rape culture exists, then we also live in a murder culture. Then we also live in, in a fat culture. Then we also live in a vegan culture. I mean, it doesn't stop. So again, slapping a label on rape culture just because we have a lot of uh, sexual immorality and and uh, people who are are predators in our society is not productive. It is counterproductive and. That's my whole point here today. Absolutely, Josh. I think um, I think we've talked on this subject for for enough today, um, being a sensitive subject and all. Um, I'm kind of interested for you guys as our viewers to kind of give your two cents in on what you think. Um, just remember, we're a couple of guys out here just looking at it from an outside perspective, um, trying to give you guys a different perspective to look at it. Um, again, if you guys want to send comments and, and things to uh, our email, it's midwestmymelt at gmail.com. Um, Josh, you got anything to add? Well, just uh, just message us. Uh, let us know where we went wrong, where we didn't, and you know uh, we we are open to new ideas. And if anybody wants to debate the topic, I am more than open to do so. Uh, we can do it over social media. But we do have a Facebook page as well. But otherwise, I uh, appreciate anybody who's listening, and um, yep. I'm I'm good. So and have a good night, infidels. <laughs> How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome.